Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Two days, 31st of December, 1st of January. And those two days are extraordinary in the difference that the, the emotional difference, the impact of your thinking has within your own mindset. That 31st of December is a day of reflection. It's kind of that final week that there is a reflection of the year, a kind of a, a, a sort of a packing up of everything that was in 2017. And, and 2017 is whatever has happened in 2017 is kind of packaged up. And, and if it was, if it was a, if it was a challenging year, if it was difficult, if there were events, you have the ability to kind of just shut the door on 2017. You have the ability to shut the door on those events and go, that was, that was in 2017. You step over. And you step into 2018, um, time has just simply gone on. But because the calendar says it's the beginning of the year, it is the beginning of a new year. And we set into 2018, and as we step in tomorrow into 2018, we, we, our reflection is changed into expectation and, and a sense of hope and a sense of a, a vision and purpose and drive and energy and all of those things that we desire to, to have in our life. Uh, we've shut the door on those things that were painful. And, and here's the thing that I've noticed, that vision never carries within it pain. Never carries pain in vision. Pain is something that always comes by surprise. And, 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 and that's a good thing, really, because you wouldn't do anything if you knew that there would be pain. You, you just you wouldn't do it, would you? There, um, I got a set of um, uh, kitchen knives for Christmas, uh, and I discovered uh, quite a bit of pain uh, <laughs> with those knives. I, I'd already sliced the end of my finger um, previous, before with blunt knives, which are also quite dangerous, uh, and then I even managed to cut myself with a, with a bread knife by stabbing it into me. And uh, I, I was actually glad that I didn't have... The, uh, the, the sharp knives uh, on the, the few days before Christmas when I sliced my, my little pinky and, uh, and uh, otherwise I wouldn't have a pinky. It, <laughs> it just would have gone. That would have been it. And uh, so, but you know, the, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't cut up your onions if you thought you were going to cut yourself, would you? You would, you would find somebody else and you'd get someone. <laughs> get someone could, could you cut those, please? And uh, so... So, God warns us of events and likelihood of life, but He, he keeps from us the, the pain that we go through because we wouldn't live our life if we knew that we were going to go through pain. Yeah. You're already going to resign if you know. But, you go through pain because of vision. Because of purpose. That, that what keeps you going is the vision, the purpose, the mindset, the heart the vision, the expectation. It says in, it says in Hebrews, um, I've been reading a lot um, in my quiet times this week, in Hebrews chapter 2, uh, in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1, it says, Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, 
lest we drift away. You know, how we end a year is really how we should begin it. We should end our year in the same manner that we begin. In other words, that we should, we should in our reflection, we must set our mind on the course for the, for the next year so that we enter into a following year with great faith and expectation for what God is going to do. We have to, we have to do that. You know, I, I, I realize that, that faith operates on three different levels. And, and um, the rarest one is the one that we, um, the, the, is the ideal. Uh, and we pray, we believe, and we step out in faith, and then at the end of it, we receive the thing which we prayed for. That's the rare one. <laughs> That's the second one is, is, is more likely. We pray, we believe, we step out in faith, but we end up with something we didn't expect, but we know that actually that's where God was leading us anyway. In other words, for many, much of the time, we have an expectation of life that is actually slightly out of kilter with the things that God is doing, but God leads us, some t- leads us into those things anyway because we're still stepping out in faith. Yeah. And here that's an important part to note in your mind that we don't always get the right picture of where we're going. But because we're stepping out in faith, God will, is able to lead us to it because there's momentum in our direction. Yeah. You know that the NASA, um, uh, the uh, shuttle um, spaceship, they, they don't send them up anymore, but... The, the navigation system that the, the sat-nav in those is, will, be, will be sort of probably a lot more accurate than your car sat-nav. But those things don't actually operate until, the, until the, the rocket is several thousand feet off the ground. The reason for that is it, you have no purpose for a sat-nav until you're moving. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't need to be operating, and so they save the power. And, and the thing doesn't come on until it's up in the air. And then once it's up in the air, it's then going to take that spacecraft to a place of absolute pinpoint accuracy. Here's the thing. There is a direction that, unless there is momentum in our faith, unless there's momentum in the direction of our faith, there's no, there's no, point, there's, there's no point of having a satinum because we're not going anywhere. If you're not going anywhere, see, if you're going somewhere, God can, can bring you home accurately to where you're going. And it might not be where you imagine where you're going, but it will definitely be where God has got for you. Yeah. Cheryl and I came to Scotland. Scotland was, was the very last place that we expected to be. But it became our home and the centre for all that we're doing. And the centre for so many hundreds of people's lives have been touched and changed in, in, the, in the years we've been here, because God had a plan that we didn't see. Do you understand that? We saw God doing something, so we, st- we created momentum. But here's the last step of faith, and this is the most common one, and it's the most common because for the most part, we haven't yet kind of got an ability to be able to understand where we're going. And it goes like this. We pray and we declare and we believe by faith, but as if yet we haven't stepped out because we're not quite yet sure what it is we're meant to be doing or what we're meant to be stepping out into. And with that, we're not receiving anything because we haven't stepped out. 
Most people are praying and believing and declaring for things they haven't stepped out into and wondering why they haven't got it. Hello? You can't receive something unless you're stepping out into it. Doesn't work. You have, there has to be momentum to get to the arrival. If you're stationary waiting for God to bring the thing that you're praying for to you, it's not going to happen. He leads us to a place of salvation. He leads us. There is direction in that. And the Bible says here, it says, Hebrews 12, let us give more earnest heed. Earnest heed sounds like a really good guy you need to know, doesn't he? <laughs> He sounds like, sounds like your, your best man. He's a, a little bit boring, but <laughs> you can always trust Ernest Heed. He'll lead us home. He, he's just got all the facts, Ernest. He's a, he's a really good bloke. And uh, <laughs> so, but here's the thing, that the danger zone of our life is the most common place that we find ourselves because the most common place is the place where we're most likely to drift. Mm. Hebrews 12, sorry, Hebrews 2 verse 1, let me read it again. Let us give, therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. In other words, the greatest danger for our lives is drift. And drift is the most, it's the most dangerous because it's the one we don't notice. Around the shores of the UK, every year, many hundreds of people find themselves getting into trouble because of the drift. And they do so because they're on a surfboard, they're on a kayak, they're on a lilo. Um, most, the only people who find on lilos on the south of England. <laughs> you don't find too many people on lilos around here. But you do on surfboards. And uh, there was a fellow, was it, was it this year or last year, on the west coast of Scotland, who was on a surfboard, but he just got himself into a current, and before he knew where he was, he was he had drifted. Because what happens with drift is that you can find yourself with a weather situation. I remember I went uh, windsurfing with a friend of mine on the west coast of Denmark um, a few years back, uh, he, he was a serious uh, windsurfer uh, and I had never stood on a wind surfboard before in my life. I don't have actual great, that kind of balance. Uh, and, uh, but actually, better than surfing, right? Because I'm convinced I couldn't surf uh, because I can't do the... I've done the paddleboarding thing. You know the paddleboarding? And I'm like this. <laughs> it's not an enjoyable experience, I realise... I see those people, they, you know, they do the paddle, and I always look to the people paddle boarding thinking, that just looks rubbish. Anyway, gave it a go, Joe's stag do, we gave it a go, and I'm like this. <laughs> I was right, it's a rubbish thing to do. It was a, uh, and, and, uh, but windsurfing's alright, windsurfing's alright, because you've got something to hold on to. And it gives you the ability to be able to move your feet without feeling like you're going to fall over. But, but here's the thing, the guy said, you never go windsurfing, with an offshore wind. Because the chances are you're going to drift whoosh, that way. You're just straight out to sea. And, and there are many situations in our lives where we face offshore winds. We face opposition. We face, there are many things that happen. And without realizing our life drifts from the direction that we'd set it 
because we hadn't held on to anything. We hadn't set our anchor in the things of God. We hadn't set, and, and we hadn't realized that we hadn't done that because for the most part in our life, the weather systems are generally quite pleasant and we're able to just go from one week to the next without any consideration of the climate around us. But be assured, it says in, it says in um, Ephesians chapter 4, <clears throat> let me read this, Ephesians 4 verse 13, it says this, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's, that's an amazing... Paul is saying to the Ephesian church that we will come to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature. In other words, that God wants to put within your spirit the measure of the stature of Christ. You're looking like me, like you have no idea what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> that you will come to them, in other words, the measure, the height of Christ, the measure of the fullness and the knowledge of God, that we come to a revelation of the fullness of the work of the gospel. Mm-hmm. How many of you feel like you haven't arrived yet? Mm-hmm. All right? That we should, this is verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. In other words, the enemy plans to cause things to enable you to drift. He wants you to drift away. He wants you to lose sight of the anchor that you thought you had a hold of, but because of an indifference, because of a lack of certainty, because of a a doubt, a niggle, kind of a, I'm not sure whether I believe this anymore. I believe for this thing. But you believed, but you didn't step out. You wasn't, because you wasn't sure. You wasn't convinced within your heart. Have you ever prayed for someone to be healed? But because you wasn't sure, you didn't give it everything. Mm. I was listening to, there's a guy called John Cameron from a rice church in New Zealand. He's an extraordinary uh, leader. Uh, and, and he said this, he said, I have determined within my heart, Whenever someone comes to me to, to pray for sickness, regardless of whether I know within my heart or not, I will pray with all certainty. I will give it everything that they may be healed. Because I cannot afford to give anything less. Mm, A great statement of action. Because if, you, if there is a niggle or if there is a doubt, what happens is that you declare by faith, but you don't hold on to the anchor. And the enemy enables you to drift. The deceitfulness of the enemy to cause a doubt within your heart causes us to drift away from the place that we knew to be home. So we have to set, we have to get to know our best friend is a guy called Ernest Heed. (laughs) And Ernest Heed is a guy that enables us to have the right mindset to come back to the place that Christ has set for us. It says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 19, a little bit of a Christmas theme here coming back. 
But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary's just been, had a little chat with an angel and, and just blown her world apart. You're going to have a son, he's going to be the Christ. You can imagine that moment, can't you? There you are, you're just a pure-hearted girl, you're uh, betrothed to be married to a, a guy. We assume that Joseph was an older guy, we don't know how much older... Um, but she's betrothed to this, this man, Joseph. And there she is, just a pure-hearted girl. And suddenly an angel turns up, you're going to have a baby, he's going to be the Christ, he's going he's to be the saviour of the world. kind of blows your perception of everything. And this is what, see, this is one of those moments, like, see, God puts things in your heart, he puts a vision, he speaks a word into your life. And while it may not be the word that Mary got, <laughs> it might not have the same eternal consequence. It still has eternal influence and importance yeah, for everyone around you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not the word that Mary got, but it's still a word and it's your word. Mary took that word, and that word is difficult to deal with because what you do with a word, Mary took the word and she pondered it in her heart. In other words, she anchored it into a place called faith and she determined to set that as an anchor so that there was not a drift within her own heart and mind. Mary set a place and she allowed it to become a place of reflection And then what happens is that we have to come to a place from a place of reflection and pondering and a place of where we just set that as an anchor, we have to come to a place of protection. It says in 2 Timothy 3.14, he says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. I've discovered this. That... The Christian church, the believers, the most common failure of our heart and lives is the willingness to let go of truths we knew for ease of present circumstance. The willingness to let go of truths we knew for ease of present circumstance. What is present circumstance? Well, present circumstance is normally the pressure of social interaction in life and the common voice that comes from everyone around us. Are you with me here? So there comes a common voice, a wave of popular opinion. But we learned there is a life in the Holy Spirit. You, we learned that there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. We learn that there is a purity of giving your life to God. We learn that we should pray in the Spirit of God. We learn that we must devote our lives. We learn that there is a blessing in tithes and offering. We learn that there is a way of devoting your heart and life to God. Are you with me here? We learn these things, but these are the things which the church often lets go of. We learn that Christ came And in his tears and in his devotion 
to, cry, to, to Father God in the Garden of Gethsemane that there is healing for all mankind. We love these things, yet we will often drift from the core foundations of our faith because of the ease of present circumstance. Sorry, Heidi, I spat all over you. <laughs> it wasn't the first time and it certainly won't be the last. <laughs> Wait till I get really old. <laughs> But I haven't got my teeth in. (laughs) I'm rapidly losing them anyway. But wait till I've got a full set of dentures and I can spray all over you. Anyway. (laughs) And here's the last thing. That we keep a hold of the blessings. Today is a Thanksgiving service. And we keep our Thanksgiving centered in the middle of our lives. 1 Timothy 4 verse 12. Do not despise or let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Paul is saying to Timothy, your youthfulness is your blessing. God is saying to you, Whatever your age, that's your blessing. Whatever your gift, that is your blessing. Whatever your circumstance, that is your blessing. Let no one despise that which you have. For Timothy, it was his youthfulness. For Jim and Maisie, it is their age and experience. (laughs) That's your blessing. Let no one despise it. Are you with me here? What you have is your blessing. Let no one despise. In other words, don't let the blessing that is yours be despised within your own heart. Because we know that there is in this world an age, a wave of going, yeah, that's not very good. I've experienced great moves of the Holy Spirit. And there is times when they are celebrated and then there comes times when the church goes, yeah, we don't do that anymore. We, we, we don't do that anymore. But set within your heart, this is my blessing. I will not despise what God has deposited in my heart. So we set within our heart an anchor that we're not being robbed of the things of God so that we can carry on and move into the thing which God has set for us. Because it's not enough to just pray and believe. If we're going to step out into and step into the things which God has got for us, we can only do that by knowing where he has placed us and the things for which we truly value. Let's stand up, shall we? Heavenly Father, we pray. Oh, your blessings. Your blessings are so evident in our lives. For each year that crowns itself upon our life, it is a year of blessing 
that is laid upon us. A year of experience, a weight of your glory lays upon our life for us to carry into the future. For every year that we have been blessed with, it is a year that we can give to another generation as a line of blessing and saying this is what God spoke to me then carry this and you will be blessed even more Heavenly Father I pray as we close out 2017 a year of extraordinary extraordinary waves and challenges Yet you have anchored us and you have set us on a path of blessing. And so we throw not away the things which you have set us into. We place great value on your truth, your doctrine, the ordinances of your word. And we set ourselves on a path of walking into the destination that you have set for us. Not distracted by the size of the waves around us, but walking towards our Saviour King, knowing that you have hold of us. We thank you, Father, in your mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.